Welcome to Marvel Cinematic University. I'm one of your co-hosts, Anthony Canton III, and I'm hosting today's show, which is kind of a continuation of what we did off of Wonder Woman. Um, I wanted to fix the DC universe. And so to do that, or at least attempt to, I should say, to do that, I got the super producer, Jay Christie, is in the house to help me do this tonight. Jake, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm still I'm wearing a Marvel Comics t-shirt, just just so everyone knows that even though we're doing this DC pod where my allegiance is a lie. Um, but I'm mm-hmm. excited to talk about this because I think that it's I think we can I think we can learn a lot about what the Marvel Cinematic Universe did right by talking about where the DC universe has erred. 100 percent And uh rejoining us uh, from the last pod, uh Shivani Bomfall. Uh, want not need fun friend of the show Shivani how are you I'm okay I'm excited I would love to see the DC universe prosper but we'll see if they can ever match Marvel in any way <laughs> yeah listen it's a it, that that whole situation is a lot and, and kind of like the first place that I wanted to start here is kind of where I left off the last time that we were doing this show where I was kind of about to go on like a mini rant and Jerome stopped me at the end. And um, basically I was just surmising and wondering what, so DC, when we talk about um, their animated television shows and some of their actual TV shows, like they have the Arrowverse on CW that's done pretty well during its, um, uh, during its time. And the film stuff, it's just like there's some there's a disconnect there and I'm not sure exactly uh what where it is in terms of like you, you know you got a lot of chefs and you got a lot of stuff happening with the Snyder cut which we'll get to later Justice League and this whole um uh Superman and now the Wonder Woman's uh, scenario we don't know who's playing who Michael Keaton's back like there's a lot going on there so Shivani, as the resident DC connoisseur, uh, what would you what would you say, like in in regards to evaluating what uh, the film division has done as opposed to TV and uh, animated? So I mean, like I think the biggest problem with the DC universe live action stuff is that it's it, you kind of touched on it. There's too many players. Um, there's we see that Warner Brothers and DC love to just give anybody the full range to do whatever they want with like one character but like it's not cohesive they're not doing that whole story building thing that we're seeing that marvel has done um really well that we're seeing star wars is doing now um they're not they're not all playing together they're not looking ahead they're not you know um to bring some sports in they're not like light years ahead thinking about what um they're trying to do with all of these you know this growth and that's the biggest problem i'm dc universe had some really great live action tv situations and like you said also the cw stuff but we don't see any of that taken to like the big screen and the big screen is mainly focused on doing this like dark cinematic dramatic thing whereas they don't really touch on any other aspect of storytelling any other aspect of genre in any way or shape or form so it's a lot of just picking apart like a character and being like let's do the most like like Snyder he wants to do the most visually aesthetic thing ever right 
but completely just ditches storytelling which is like the most important mm-hmm. part of making a movie yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely and and i'll throw this to you jake as somebody who's you're kind of a little bit more of a far from the mm-hmm. the the tv aspect than the animation aspect um specifically with the films when you when you're watching and how this has all unfolded during this time period uh what are your thoughts in regards uh, to what's wrong i think that i think that shivani's partially right but i think that it's not the thing about that's great about marvel is that i think they steer the ship in the right direction on a movie up until like it's in the good place and then it feels like obviously there are exceptions like Thor the Dark World but in a lot of the better movies it's like up and up through pre-production and the writing of it they're all hands-on and like making sure that it all works together and then once the movie's getting made it's the like the director has the you know the ship you know what I mean and I feel like especially like looking back at Wonder Woman 1984 that felt like a movie that had too much studio interference while it was being made and it feels just and even if you look at the stuff that happened with justice league and obviously there were extending circumstances there but like i feel like the fact that marvel has kevin feige is one guy who is the person who's in charge and he's able to regulate what input gets and whereas with the dc universe it's kind of like warner brothers generally that like it feels like they, they have the two opposite problems where at the same time there doesn't seem to be a captain at the head of the ship making sure everything makes sense but also it feels like the studio is constantly afraid that the movie isn't going to do well so they have to make last minute changes so it's like you they're having the worst of both worlds where they don't get any other than Zack Snyder's just like visual dreariness they really don't have a lot of coherent vision of what the movies are like um what they're trying to say what they make you feel. But then at the same time, they also don't have a coherent vision that links them all together. So then what the hell is even the point, you know? Yeah, I just think about, I always think about going to see Batman versus Superman mm-hmm. and just that whole uh, that whole slideshow of just showing like all the characters like for for like a second that we're going to see in Justice League. And, it, and it's like the, just the way that everybody was just thrown in there and introduced like in a very haphazard way. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like I think about uh, specifically, and you mentioned like the whole. There's one guy who does so, who does something. So Ke- Kevin Feige basically makes sure that everything runs uh, tip top in tip top shape. And we think about the fact that they announce stuff. Um, they announce stuff pretty much like two three years in advance, and also they're ahead of the they're ahead of this till 2029 with stuff that we don't even know. So like they have a, like a clear and present vision about what they want to do to, to the point where you see in um, as far as the Spider-Man filming, the WandaVision director is on the set, letting them know like, this is exactly the tone that we had here. And this is what you might want to do if you want to, you know, have a linear story and follow along. Mm-hmm. And it's just like little details like that are just so important when you have everybody on the same page. And, and, you, need, and you need someone like a Kevin Feige in order to get by. Yes. I was thinking, I was thinking actually about it, like, cause I was thinking about how much the Houston Texans have screwed up everything the past few weeks. And I think it's a lot like a sports owner where you need someone who is at, who knows when it's like to give overall direction, but isn't to me, isn't going to meddle in individual things and that everyone trusts the owner enough so that there isn't like a squabble between the head coach and the GM or something like that. Like 
you would never have that what you're describing with the Spider-Man movie happen in DC because who is the person that's talking the WandaVision director into spending his days on Spider-Man set? Who is the person who's getting invested in the vision? You know what I mean? Like they're just not that, the, the centrality and like, it doesn't seem like, it feels like the, the extended universe of it all is like, uh, is hamstringing is like not a benefit at all but like the filmmakers don't seem to like it whereas in marvel it's an asset as opposed to like oh we're gonna have to throw in this stuff to connect to other films that's not how marvel does it at all because that's it's all matters and it's all a good thing and yeah it just feels like there's no one who would convince you know patty jenkins to spend a couple days on the justice league set you know uh yeah. who, like, you know is is Snyder who they were like putting all their money into though? Like they were putting so much money into Snyder being that person that like had the visual um, ability to see all of it put together. I guess though, right? the problem is, I think that you're right that they were doing that. I think the problem is that if he's going to be directing any of the movies, he just doesn't have the time to do what Kevin Feige used to do. And also I think it's a huge mistake to think the visuals, having a similar visual language is like the least important thing for the cinematic universe, like Marvel's movies don't all have the same visual language. And like, I think that Zack Snyder, I think that Zack Snyder does try to um, keep everything together. I just don't think that he has this, whereas Kevin Feige has such a, a clear sense of what the core of what people like about Marvel movies is. And so he, therefore he's able to make a bunch of different types of movies without losing that. Cause it, it's not scary to make a movie like Black Panther or a movie, you know, even like Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is not a traditional superhero movie by a lot of ways. If you know what people like about Marvel movies, Zack Snyder, the only thing that like, feels like he knows is just that things need to like look a certain way. And that doesn't connect movies. Cause like lots of movies look like each other that have nothing to do with each other, you know? Um, so yeah, I think he just, they backed their own horse if they wanted him to be the Kevin Feige of Marvel. I just want to be uh, positive, specifically when mm -hmm. you examine the the TV and animation aspect. And Shivani, you would know watching something like Doom Patrol that has a, a visual like it's a movie. Not, um, and on top of that, it's just very rich characters, very, um, very interesting storytelling in the sense that they seem to just, they're very loose with it. They just allow their characters to... Uh, come off the come off the page and yeah, totally. be very colorful. I think the word to use to describe how different, um, like something like Doom Patrol is, um, or any of like the animated shows versus the live action is like whimsy. Like they're not yeah. afraid to play into that. Um, whereas, like I was saying, is that like the Disney live uh, the Disney? Um, sorry, thinking about my employers for a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the the dc live action they really just want to be like this dark drama that like makes their um their viewer believe that like they're in this dark plot and like they're feeling all these emotions whereas like you can feel emotions from like playfulness from comedy from all these other aspects right so they just don't want to touch into those things yeah I think they all yeah, took that was the wrong what Shazam lesson. tried oh, to sorry. attempt. Sorry about that. No, I, I was just going to say that's lag. what yeah. that's what Shazam tried to attempt. And I really so. like Shazam. But what yeah. I was going to say is I think that a bunch of people, not just DC filmmakers, and a bunch of people on the internet all took the wrong lesson from The Dark Knight. Um, like, The Dark Knight wasn't good because, like, The Dark Knight, if you look back on it, wasn't, like, quote-unquote dark and gritty. Like, it was just kind of tactile and, like, real and grounded. Yeah. And, like, it's... I guess what I would say is that Christopher Nolan didn't like, except, I mean, Batman begins in some of it, but like for mo the most part, he didn't sprinkle on a ton of extra dark and gritty stuff beyond just 
it being like real grounded and realistic. And I think that if you go out of your way, if you come into a project saying it's going to be dark and gritty, you'll it's there's never going to be it's going to be too dark and too gritty because the world is dark and gritty. If you take set something in the real world and just play it straight, then people are like, oh, there's a dark and gritty take on Batman. But it's like, no, Christopher Nolan just kind of set Batman in the real world and it felt dark and gritty. You know, he didn't need to destroy half a city block in order to make it feel bad, you know? <laughs> yeah, and the score, like I even say the Batman versus Superman, like the score where it goes, dun, 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 dun. And it's like, yo, okay, relax. It's all right. Yo, yeah, all right, yeah, Hans, Hans yeah, gotta I gotta relax. go too hard with it, you know? <laughs> um, we did, you guys did mention a movie that um, in live action that I actually have a lot of positive stuff to say, which is Shazam. And Same. like, nobody ever talks about Shazam, but and it barely got like any love in theaters but that was such a good live action movie for dc yeah um zachary levi was he was great on screen he was captivating he was funny he made you understand like how funny shazam is as a character Mm -hmm. even just in like comics and animated stuff and he brought that to life and um, I really like that movie. I thought yeah. the the villain you felt in understood the villain and their whole um, storyline. You got cool um, real world stuff from like the mm-hmm. foster system storyline mm-hmm. as well. Um, I don't know. I liked it. I mean, I think that that's also not a, it's not a coincidence. I think that in terms of I guess Patty Jenkins is kind of like this, but Patty Jenkins had directed a bunch of action TV and stuff like that. But the guy who directed Shazam was just it was his third movie ever. He's just like a guy from Sweden who like, te- I think like seven years before Shazam, he made like a short film that like won a contest. And then they turned that short film into a live action film called Lights Out. And then he made Annabelle Origin, which is the second best of the three Annabelle films. I watched all those over last summer, I don't know why. But uh, my point being that I've listened to this guy, David F. Sandberg, which also crazy that he's a Swedish guy named David F. Sandberg. That's like the most American name of all time. But um, <laughs> he just... You, when I listen to him talk about why he wanted to do a Shazam movie, it reminded me of when you hear like a third or fourth time filmmaker who gets a chance with Marvel. Like, it's like, oh, they hired a guy because he was excited about a character. Isn't that so interesting that if, rather than like try to, I think that it's why so many people point out that Marvel's best, one of the biggest blessings was that they didn't have Spider-Man. They didn't have the X-Men. They didn't have these gigantic characters because then they got to go to filmmakers and say, instead of saying, we're going to make a Spider-Man movie, you're going to make it. It's what character do you want to make? What character excites you? And when you get a guy like Shazam, where you're only going to get a director who's really excited about Shazam, they're, no, they're not going to be like, we're they're not going to announce, we're seeking director for big Shazam project. It's like, no, you're going to get a guy who likes it. And so when you feel, when the person behind the camera seems to get what audiences and readers like about the character and what respond to about the character, the rest of it comes so much easier. When you try to build around, like, we need to have a Batman movie, we need to have a Superman movie, and you have like a guy who may not be that passionate about it, or even if he likes the character, it doesn't feel like, like the emotional part is not what he gets about it. Then you get something like Batman or Superman where it's like, it doesn't, you don't know the stuff you like about Batman and Superman is not present in that movie at all. Totally. Right. Do you think they should stop making Batman movies? Is that the issue? I, I mean, I like Matt Reeves as a director, so I'm excited to see what he does with the new one. Yeah. Um, I don't even think that that's the issue so much as it is that if you're going to make a Batman movie, find a guy who is passionate about it like famously christopher nolan um wasn't even pitched on batman that he wanted he asked to do batman and because warner brothers was well, they were kind of exploring a little bit maybe doing one with like darren aronofsky and he would like christopher nolan made two movies like three movies one of them was like 60 minutes long but um 
And he was like, no, I want to do a Batman movie. I have an idea for it. And like, obviously you can't run a cinematic universe just waiting for a director to come in and tell you that they have an idea. But if, if, if no one has, if, if, the, if a great like up and coming director says, I want to do a Nightwing movie, don't, you shouldn't say, well, we're really trying to put our stock into Batman right now. So like, just don't do that, you know? Yeah, and I also I th- I think that you know if you're ded- if you're dedicated to storytelling, these things can be self-contained. Like I I think DC saw what Marvel did and was like, "Oh, we can do that too," except that like it took a significant amount of work and, you know, time and effort and, you know, all this stuff we talk about with synergy and cohesion and all that stuff to get that stuff together. Like and I felt like they tried to hotshot it which is, you know, something that you can't do and reasonably expect to get um, the reaction and the and the praise that you're trying to get. Like, I think about Man of Steel. I liked Man of Steel, actually. Um, it's not bad. I thought that... Yeah, I, I, I didn't think it was a bad movie at all. And I think, thought that it was a decent start. It was something that they could have built on with another sequel. Like, I felt like Superman's story... Um, the way that they wanted to tell it there could have been told a little bit more um, instead of just going into Batman versus Superman. Yeah. I, I felt like if they took more time, they could have gotten there. Mm-hmm. That was also a really beautifully shot film. Too. Yeah. Like, yes. It's crazy to watch that and then watch Batman versus Superman and be like, where did color Yes. Happen? What happened to color as a concept? <laughs> yes. I we don't just, know what they happened took out there. all light. <laughs> Lighting is not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind so we kind of um talked a little bit about like some of the positives that um that we saw and because of one of the categories that I listed was something positive in a non Wonder Woman uh one uh movie. Jake, do you have any other positive I, thing that you can say about the ironic movie? thing is I think that like how many movies has the DC Cinema Universe had? Like eight or seven? How many? Around that amount. I, would say. I think that like a half of them are actually not bad at all. Like half of them are not bad or good. Like, it's kind of funny. Like we talk about it as if they're all terrible, but really I think there are only yeah. three really bad, like truly bad ones. And that's obviously Batman versus Superman, Justice League and Suicide Squad. And even like Wonder Woman 1984 is obviously like not good, are we but it's forgetting not. Aquaman? I, oh, I actually, I actually don't. I think Aquaman is not bad. I actually like Aquaman. I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's, I don't I, think I, it's terrible. I guess, that's what else. What, what, was, what I actually was going to say is, I think that Aquaman is flawed in a lot of ways. Yeah. But I think that you could almost feel that they, the DC executives didn't really take that much. They weren't precious about Aquaman. And so like Aquaman, even though it's not perfect, the reasons why it doesn't work are not because he was like noted to death. It's because some of it just doesn't make sense. But like it doesn't, you don't feel the same things you feel when you, the reasons why it's bad is not why Justice League's bad or why Wonder Woman mm-hmm. is bad. Like, for example, I know damn well if the DC executives really cared about Aquaman, they would have not let James Wan put in the shot where the octopus is playing the drums. Like stuff like that. Like I like that that's in there. And that, even though it's not great, that I think if you t- approach movies like that more than you approach them like the other ones you're gonna get good movies eventually even if they're not all perfect it, it just was fun i don't know anyway <laughs> so shivani i want to hear your aquaman take so my biggest thing with aquaman is i never know if it's bad casting or a bad script because i think in terms of casting they had some like minor characters that were really great like harrow was really great and amber heard was a good casting um, it's wild that Nicole Kidman is in that movie. Um, <laughs> but then um, 
then you have Jason Momoa that to me like he embodies Aquaman and looks right like the modern day Aquaman he's everything you would want but he doesn't have chemistry as like with anyone to me in that movie and he just like he, he like I don't know he forces himself through every single scene to me and but then I'm like is that the script though is that like he just didn't feel the script enough I don't know uh, I think it's, I, I think it's a little bit of both so we first so how would you compare um him in Justice League as opposed to his own movie well in Justice League he mainly has scenes right that he's just um action right and then yeah, and has, it's like, like more of a one note character yeah um, and then him and like the flash right in justice league are just they're just kind of there for almost like color commentary like they make the little one note (laughs) jokes and then that's like it but you know i would have loved to see a flash movie that would have been great besides like the the cw yeah um, i mean there is one coming but um yeah they are doing one um, I don't know if it's exactly going to be based off of uh, the Flashpoint Paradox comic book story. Um, Michael Great Keaton story. actually is supposed to be in that. Uh, so, so again, we have this whole Michael Keaton uh, kind of being like, they allegedly, as I read, he's like the Nick Fury in terms of him being the older Batman, being like the older, like the dude, the figurehead of trying to uh, run some of the things with superheroes going on. So, I mean... I mean, at least from a story standpoint, that should be interesting. Um, I know the Ezra Miller thing, a lot of people are like halfway in, halfway out for a lot of different reasons. And a lot of people, Jay Christie, are all the way out, but that's whatever. Um, <laughs> I just can't stand him. I don't know what it is. I, even before, I want to say it was like the stuff where he like did some bad stuff in his personal life, but that's why I was like, no, he just, the moment I saw him in Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, I'm like, I just don't like this guy. I'm sorry. He just was like, I, I don't know. I, I think he's he's there's scenes in when he's the Flash was like not bad in Justice League, yeah. but then sometimes when it's he just is he kind of has like a a super sad boy energy that just feels too familiar to me. <laughs> super, and it's just like I he's got that emo sad boy. Yeah, you know? and it's like and and like I don't know. I I just I, he he might win me over. Like there have been times I there are performances by people I can't stand. Who like I liked. There's people, but I I I'm, I need to be won over by him, and I think I'm not the only one because I don't think he has a very high approval rating outside of sad girls. But like he, to me, the Flash has always been the comedy, like mm-hmm. in yeah, in yeah. all of the comics and all of the universe and animated shows, right? He's the comedy, and I don't think Ezra embodies that at all. No. Like he can't. No. He can't capture that. Also, I think that the Flash, if I'm remembering correctly, doesn't the Flash come from like a bad background? Um, not bad, but like he comes from like a poor background. Whereas like Ezra Miller, just like the I'm from the Upper East Side and went to art school my entire life, just oozes off of him in a way that is like. And I think that one again, plenty of actors I love who have that backstory, but it's like I just don't. When he, I remember when Injustice League when he was going to visit his dad, Billy Crudup, uh, and it's like his dad's in prison. It's like. Ezra Miller, the only way someone like Ezra Miller's dad would be in prison is if they were Bernie Madoff. Like, there's just no, Ezra Miller's dad is not in prison for like a petty crime, which is not going to happen. Anyway. <laughs> You're like, Ezra, go, go for an audition for Gossip Girl. At the yeah, I, I, this is definitely, I'll, I'll be honest, this is definitely some PTSD dealing with uh, NYU mm-hmm. actors, but, you know, it happens. So, so I wanted to um, and we're gonna definitely gonna get to the Snyder Cut shortly, but I did want to first. What was 
in the entire history of DCU, like the worst scene slash moment. And there are a few, there are a few like uh, big takers. Jake, what would you say was your word where it was like, oh my goodness, what is this? Okay, so I think that the obvious answer, I'm just going to say, I think I need to say this because I don't want anyone else to choose because this is, the Martha thing is obviously is, is so bad. And I think that the Martha fine. thing actually uh, actually obscures what I think is the worst moment in that movie where, and I forgot this happened so someone made a joke about it, it reminded me, that they make Academy Award winner Holly Hunter have a jar of piss on her desk and then she gets blown up <laughs> along with all of Congress. And like, it's kind of ironic with what's happened in the last few weeks that <laughs> the movie destroys all of Congress and then like the rest of the movie isn't civilization falling apart. Like people still go to parties and shit like that as if like, like how is Congress blowing up in act one or two? Like how is that? And that I think is just such a, like that's the thing I can't stand about Zack Snyder is Zack Snyder is so obsessed with these visual images of like destruction and stuff that like you, yeah. you can't, and everyone people make jokes about Man of Steel, like half the city it blows up and like, it's like, it, there's still a happy ending. It's like, at a certain point, it's not a joke. It's like, what is, what are we doing at this? Like, okay, so Congress, all of Congress blowing up is just like a thing that happens in act two to further the story. No, like that's the thing. That's the movie. Um, and I think that that whole thing and the way it was done with the piss in the jar, which really just felt like the encapsulation of I'm 16 and I want to be edgy. It's, it's just like, what are you doing? Why? And I actually thought it was kind of inspired to make Lex Luthor like a tech bro. I think that that's like, if you're going to remake Lex Luthor, but not like he doesn't need that crazy of a guy. I don't know. So that whole thing. Did you find that poor casting? I might as well ask. Did you find that poor casting? <sighs> yeah, I thought it might be good, but in hindsight, yeah, I think it's poor casting. I think that people who are like he has hair were dumb because you can just shave your head. But uh, like, <laughs> I think that they needed to get someone who was less uh, like eccentric and more like controlled and cal- and calculated where the difference is Jesse Eisenberg is very calculating you need like, to be calculated he needs to I've already made his plan whereas Jesse Eisenberg's whole thing is that he's he talks through everything and that's what makes him charming that's why he's so good in Zombieland for example because he can just expound on rules forever but I, you want Lex Luthor to already have had the upper hand before he starts talking to you there's like that suave <laughs> that like finesse that's missing right yeah yeah yeah, they kind of wanted to make him like almost geeky to an extent, and that's just not Lex at all. Like, if you really just look at the way that the characters have been portrayed, he's like this really suave businessman with obviously a a very dark side that he, you know, sometimes that he shows in different types of ways, but it's just a very clean, there's a, there's a clean evil to him as opposed to... <laughs> totally. Uh, as opposed to kind of like this uh this stumbling bumbling uh Jesse Eisenberg that we mm-hmm. saw um in, in Batman versus Superman. But um yeah the Martha thing for me was like yo that was that was hilarious. I laughed when I saw it for the first time. Um because it was legitimately funny. Why did like, you say that name? Is... <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine I'm imagining like in like a a NASA scene in a movie <laughs> where someone ha- like figures out a formula and runs down the hall to television control. Like someone is like reading DC comics and they realize that both uh, Batman and Superman's mom's name are Martha. And like, they suddenly like, run on the hall and sort of Zack Snyder. I got it. I got the script. I got the idea. Break the script. Yeah, that Martha thing was just like, yo, I was dying. I was dying when that happened. Um, 
it was just I, I, I it's like you have that scene and obviously it's a it's a callback to the Dark Knight Returns uh, book, which is um, a pretty cool book if you're if you're a fan of, of that if you're a fan of like old Batman like like old Bruce trying to still put on the cape one more time that's a that's a good book to read. But yeah, man, you have a fight scene like that, which I actually thought the action was 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 pretty good. It was pretty good. But then you have that and it just kind of like breaks up the whole thing. And it's just like, I know they needed to use it as a plot device to get along to the next thing for them to work together. It's like, y'all could have done something else. Y'all really could have done something else. Anything else. They emphasize um, it too much, right? Like it's just yeah. it's so over the top. Um, yeah it's ridiculous um was there anything in suicide squad that was that bad i just felt like suicide i mean yeah i also my my runner-up my runner-up was uh when uh killer croc asks for bet in his prison cell uh as his reward (laughs) i mean everything about suicide i I, yeah i agree that (laughs) i think the but specifically i remember it was at the end of the movie (sighs) and i really thought that i was acclimated to how bad the movie was and then he said that line and i'm like excuse me (laughs) what (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness and so we should we should get to the snyder cup because this show plans to when the snyder cup comes out and i think there's four parts of it this show plans to do like a little happy hour event uh, planned around it. I don't know how we're going to do it. We'll figure it out, though. Um, yeah, I got ideas. We'll I'm, talk off mic. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to this for a lot of reasons. Um, mainly just like, what did he do? I just want to know what he I just want to know what this is going to look like, because it just looks like just throw everything in everything mm-hmm. like everything that was missing um in the in the joss whedon uh mm-hmm. cut and just make it a four hour um whether you want to call it spectacular or craptacular we'll find out we're about to get um, like a, should... a snyder fever dream is what we're gonna get right like yeah it's just i mean movie. which is crazy because i would describe m- multiple of his movies as that already um <laughs> so then it's like the wet dream then yeah so oh well, no i mean so su- that's sucker punch it's women it's like girls in skin like that school graphic oh, time so it's gonna have yeah, some sucker punch in there oh, oh my god, god. That, that's a movie i cannot stand <laughs> anyway um <laughs> so so i'll ask i'll ask jake what what do you what are you expecting what are you curious about the crazy thing, thing is i have no idea what to expect i really don't that's wonderful. and i think that it's it's fascinating because I'm I'm torn between it will be better than it than the original or worse than the original and there's really no way of knowing with like almost every director's cut you kind of know like okay it's probably gonna be better than the original but with this you have no idea you have no idea if the Joss Whedon parts of what saved the movie made the movie like as good as it like it made it better or if they made it worse and so mm-hmm. I'm just fascinated as just like a document of it's kind of like how. The Last Dance was a fascinating documentary because not because of what was actually on screen, but because what Michael Jordan thought would make him look like a good person. I'm fascinated to see what Zack Snyder, given carte blanche, thinks is what makes a good Justice League movie. No, man. Can't wait. Giovanni, how about you? I mean, so Joss Whedon, though, has a good track record. Snyder doesn't. Like, you at least have, like, Buffy, where it's, like, loved and has so much good to it. I Buffy. I loved Buffy. But does any... is like, what's everyone's favorite Snyder project? Because like, People love that. 300. Um, 
people sure. like I guess Watchmen. Is great. And I mean, I think the only movie I think that people that no doesn't have detractors at this point is probably the uh, his remake of Dawn of the Dead, which I haven't seen, but apparently is very good. Um, but, Ooh, uh, I'm gonna add that to my list because I haven't seen that either. But yeah. yeah, I just I don't I can't imagine this being good at all. Like, there's no way, shape, or form because for one, the length of how much we're gonna get is just crazy to me. Like, That's ins- the four hour <laughs> thing is insane. That's insane. Like, did we I, he just so get us, like two Lord of the Ring films? Like, I'm confused. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I. I really I don't know. can't wait. I <laughs> I really can't wait. I just don't like. It's funny to think about. It. Like they're throwing Dark Side in there, and it's like, so I'm just curious. What was the reason that you couldn't use him in the in? Uh, why did Joss not choose to use him? That's why I'm curious about because obviously Dark Side is like one of the huge DC villains, and it's like he wanted uh, Zach wanted to use him for or for a particular reason, and why was he taken out? Because that means the portrayal has to be pretty crappy. He must have, Joss must have thought this portrayal was really crappy. Yeah. So if it's really crappy, then I want to see what exactly, like how the levels, the levels of of the, mm-hmm. of the terribleness of dark of this uh, version of Darkseid. I just know that like Snyder also is like notorious for having tons and tons and tons of concept art. Mm-hmm. So like the amount of concepts that we're gonna see that weren't like fully developed is absolutely terrifying too from like mm-hmm. um a cinematic standpoint just because you're gonna just have random characters thrown in or random plot points that go nowhere and that scares me the most <laughs> listen all i'm gonna say is pull up a drink get get a drink and pull up this is gonna be a really really fun yeah. time to to discuss i think this. we um, might i'm just gonna say i think we might need to like make it some type of threshold you need to do something to get in because it can't be open to the public because if i'm if i'm drinking for four hours i just can't, i can't have that for public <laughs> consumption i just can't like it's i can't do that that'd be a problem oh my goodness yeah that's fair level well, that's fair we'll kind of figure out the cast of characters yeah. that we'll get together for this thing um in due time uh, i believe it's coming out in march mm-hmm. um the snyder cut should be really interesting okay so the last thing on uh, my list of categories is there a future DC project that uh, you're excited for, that you're interested in? Uh, Shivani, I'll start with you. Is there anything that you're looking forward to? Um, any of the CW stuff, any of the um, DC stuff that's uh, intended to come out? So um, I've on, been on a, ton of, Max? a ton of people have been tagging me in this like Batman Beyond, Terry McGinnis might be a thing. Um, and I love Batman Beyond and Terry as a character in the DC mm-hmm. universe and um, would love to see that. I've seen that they are considering, you know, um, an Asian actor, which is even better because I would love oh, to see that be Terry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I personally would just love for them to continue with the good shows that they had or just like expand on the like the just um, Justice League Dark universe because like I would mm. love to see zatanna explained or brought to life in a movie there's just so many other characters that we could just see um that i would love to see in terms of like the cw stuff and the hbo stuff um want to see where they go with titans next because 
Titan season one was really great. Season two was like all over the place, but we might see. Okay. All right, Shivani, I got to bring this up to you because I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so the way that uh, Donna died, uh, how do you feel about that? Because I looked at that and I thought that was like one of the worst on-screen deaths. I, like, I've I ever was seen. so confused like, why they did that. I was like, okay, like we're, we're getting creative, I guess. But um. Mm. I just I would love to see where they turn back now with all of that. Yeah, um, um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting because I like I think a I think obviously Doom, Doom Patrol season three I'm really excited for. Unfortunately, they had the COVID situation, so that they had a um, abbreviated season two. So like they had I think it was two episodes that they weren't able to finish before it, it was still left off on a cliffhanger. Um, you know, those who watch Doom Patrol know that, that there was a whole bunch of, there was a whack situation and obviously uh, Dorothy, that whole storyline was interesting. Um, yeah. Crazy Jane. She was caught. She was, she was caught in a real bad situation. They were basically all of them were caught in a real bad situation, but um, yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, I want to see, in the CW particularly, like there's a couple of things. One, Stargirl, I thought season one was just really like, it was one of the shining examples of what you can do when you just, when you take a film budget, put it in a TV show and get like real actors. Like you get Luke Wilson in there and um, and, and you get like the, the just the, the whole cast and you focus on the kids and make it like a, a real like positive type of story. I thought that Stargirl was a, very well done. I was su- pleasantly surprised by by how well uh, done that Stargirl season one was. So I'm excited for that to come back. And um, obviously Supergirl's in its final season. Black Lightning is in its final season. So I'm curious to see how those two shows end. Are you curious about the new Batwoman? Because I'm curious to see where we go with the new Batwoman. It's really exciting. Well, <laughs> so, so obviously from a diversity standpoint, that's an awesome thing to... That's an awesome thing to see. Um, I'm looking forward to what season two is going to be because I actually thought Batwoman was another, that was another pleasant surprise. And obviously Ruby Rose uh, left the role due to injuries and and just like the the idea of shooting 20, 20 plus episodes in Vancouver is just like, it, it's not going to just fly for everybody because I know Stephen Amell, who, who, was, who was the Green Arrow, for eight seasons says I like that war on him after a while and then doing all those crossovers was just like too much so and I think that's the reason why um uh the the girl who plays Supergirl uh Melissa Benoist is is quitting um because uh she just had a kid and you shoot those they're like like what like 15 16 hour days that they're shooting yeah they have because their turnaround for a season is huge because right because it's a full season on network tv right so they're 20 episodes so they're shooting from the summer to like the spring and i think they usually get like um like two or three months off and then they're back at it and those days are long so and then they're doing the crossovers so like i remember with crisis on infinite earths i was reading a story about it that the these people the vancouver people went to atlanta and atlanta for the black lightning portion and there was just like this there was so much going on this show going to this this one it's just a lot it's just a lot of stuff so i know they're kind of they kind of streamlined um the the universe after crisis 
So we'll kind of see like what happens there. And I know, so yeah, like I was saying, Black Lightning last season, uh, Supergirl last season, you got the new Superman and Lois show, which um, that, that, that I'm mildly intrigued in with the kids because they're, because they're now bringing Superman's sons into the mix. So I, Jake, Jake, Jake has this look on his face. like He's like, what's, what's happening here? Yeah, like, I, I, mean, super, I, I knew Superman and Lois was a thing. I, I, I forgot. I saw the news about it and then I forgot that it was a thing, but. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I, I, I know you generally don't know, but like, um, but yeah. Well, no, just... I know what's going on. I, I just, I, I remember I saw a thing for, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then, yeah, like, uh, also on. Okay, let me be completely frank. I was thinking about a thing someone I once read about Superman. If Superman tried to have sex, that he would kill who he ever had sex with. And so, I'm like, how do they make sense of that? Is oh my I goodness. About. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. That's right. That's why. I and they never, ha- and they never have. So, like, Jake always. Jake always asks like the real legit journalism questions that and, really cool. and they just also have all have to do with you know male genitalia and sex. You know, it's I it's I mean, I grew up on like that old school Superman and Lois show. I don't know if you guys remember that one. Yes, uh, what was it? Um, Lois, Lois and, and Clark? Clark? Yeah, oh, yeah, that was fire. I love Dean that. Kane, yeah. Terry Hatcher. Yeah, Terry Hatcher and Dean Kane. So I just assumed like, oh, that's like normal. They they obviously get it on. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um interesting to see how they explain it now though plus like yeah wouldn't you think her having a baby that's like kryptonian might be difficult no you you would think (laughs) one would think think? like i i I don't know how that would go down um and and again like i said jake jake asked the questions that i'm not the thing is i'm not the first person to make this observation someone made an observation of like you know that it would technically speaking it would be yeah um, I'm not going to go into the details, but <laughs> it just would be a problem. Um, but yeah, like overall, yeah, obviously I, I look forward to the Snyder cut for the obvious reasons. Uh, the flash movie intrigues me. Shazam two. Can they build off of what they did in the first one? Um, that, so. that intrigues me too. Um, James Gunn taking over the suicide squad. Like at least like there's at least an interest in there to see what they do with some of the new characters there. Um, so, you know, they have their own slate They're They're still, you know, doing a lot. And obviously the Batman, um, the Robert Pattinson thing, like Jake mentioned earlier with Matt Reeves, um, this seems like a very, a very different, uh, a different type of Batman story. So, you know, we'll see what, we'll see what happens there. Um, Shivani, do you have any final thoughts on, uh, in terms of DC? Cause it's going to be a little while before we get back to this, uh, as the as the seas are changing in terms of content around here i mean for sure well you guys have wandavision that's super exciting um but just hearing you talk about all that's coming for them it also just feels like they're just doing a bunch of redos and resets to um Mm -hmm. existing movies which is kind of disappointing um but you know hopefully with um all these new things that they're trying to explore um and you know with Patty Jenkins and um, Gal getting another movie already um, streamlined. Like it's there's there's a lot to expect in the next coming years, but I definitely think that DC is going to be taking a backseat. So um, with all that's coming with Marvel in this this year right now, so we'll see. <laughs> now look at Warner Brothers pushing for uh, Wonder Woman to be in the Oscar uh sweepstakes which which was a fun uh, can i just say that actually yeah I, go ahead i don't want to say anything when you tweeted about it but that that was a non-headline like that's almost like movies do that all the time where they'll send like a for your consideration thing like that i i get i get what the jokes are about yada 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 but like that's not that strange like 
uh, studios do that all the time for movies that aren't good. Um, I, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, thank you, Jacob. I know you are the you are the film guy here, so 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 you would know you I would know better best. than me for sure. <laughs> you would know better for sure. Um, Shivani, I want to thank you so much for uh, being a part of our little foray into the the DC universe. Um, we really appreciate you coming around and making our show better, smarter on this DC Absolutely. end. Um, Shivani, where can we follow you, and where can we follow your work? Um, so. All of my um, platforms and social media are at Shivani Banfall. Um, I literally just started streaming on Twitch like t- a week ago, two weeks ago. So you, if you want to hear more of my really bad takes on film, superheroes, and TV, you can see me on Twitch too, which is at Shivani Banfall. Um, also, if you follow Want Not Need Fund already, that's another <laughs> way to get me um and support want not need fund um and helping out the community so those are all the avenues that you can get me at 100 i want to thank you and jay christie where can we follow you sir well first i just want to say that uh i had an answer in the chamber for what dc property i'm looking forward to and i get why you didn't ask me because i don't watch the tv shows (laughs) or whatever but i don't know if it's still happening i looked it up it's still unclear but a couple months ago when i saw rumor Constantine 2 in the works. That's what I'm most excited for. Thank you very much. Oh, they're bringing Keanu back? Yes, he said he wants to do it. Francis Lawrence is back too, the director. Really? I mean, I long-time listeners to this podcast and short-time listeners know huge fan of Constantine. It's one of my favorite super movies of all time. Um, I love the character. Would love a Constantine 2, especially because apparently Peter Stormare would be back as the devil, and I think he's the best devil I've ever seen in a movie. So Constantine 2 is the answer to my, that question. Thank you very much. Oh, con- yeah, but that okay, like plays into that. me getting Justice League Dark expanded. I, exactly. so I am all right. for it. Mm-hmm. So, But you can follow me at the J. Christie. Listen to my other podcast, No Funk and Strictly Monkin, where as the title suggests, we don't funk, we just talk about the show Monk. And uh, yeah, it's at the J. Christie on Twitter and uh, there are no other platforms we're following me on. So there you go. All right, and you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. Follow this show at MC University Pod. Rate, review, subscribe. All them reviews help. All them rates and all them other things help us. Um, I do have another solo podcast, uh, Finding Peace in the Storm, where basically I have individual conversations with people and whatever type of creative content that they're into producing. Um, I did two episodes last week. Um, very good conversations uh, about a lot of different things. Um, we have another one on deck this week. I'll keep the guests uh, quiet for now, but you guys will hear about it later this week. Should be really fun conversation. And yeah, I, want, I just also wanted to say thank you to everybody who's been listening to this show. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for everybody who's been engaging with us over the past two years. Um, I said this on Twitter the other day and I'll say it again on here. Um, we really appreciate it because when we started this, it was just me, me, Jake and Jerome, just like just wanting to talk about Marvel movies. And mm-hmm. it's cool that we were able in a time where there was no Marvel films, no Marvel content for nearly two years that we were still able to do this show and still have fun doing it and surmise and find different ways to talk about all of these subjects. And the desert has ended. Mm-hmm. We are we are back. We're going to have content. WandaVision this week. We'll be back next week with a recap of the first two episodes because the first two episodes will be airing on Friday and it should be really, really, really fun. So I'm very excited to 
to get back into uh, what we do around here, and that's analyze the MCU. So for Shivani Banfall, for Jake Christie, I am Anthony Canton III. This has been Marvel Cinematic University. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you, guys.